relax, you got nothing to lose. What do you think I'm about to show you? The female of the species is more deadly than a male. Show me your move, you can say it again. Just wait till you see what I did at the end. The female of the species is more deadly than a male. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the More Deadly Podcast, where we review horror movies directed exclusively by women-identified directors, and we're here to prove that the female of the species is more deadly than the male. More Deadly is a trans-inclusive podcast where we celebrate the work of cis and trans women, as well as non-binary filmmakers who are comfortable being included in a space that centers the work of women. I'm your co-host, Rachel, and joining me is one of my favorite and most beautiful people, in my opinion, <laughs> the one and only Ariel. Hi. Hey, I like girl. it when you include things we talked about pre-show into the intro. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We needed like a new Patreon tier that gets all of the pre-show going right. on. Because <laughs> yeah. there yes. is usually a good 40 minutes of us bullshitting. <laughs> we get started doing housekeeping i'm telling you about some terrible reality show that i'm Looking watching at shirtless pictures of cary grant you know that was a thing that happened <laughs> there was a discussion of what of the whether or not tom Selleck had a dad bod in the 80s like this is the incredible content that we're just throwing away i know what's wrong with us leaving money on the table Seriously, people want to know what we think about dad bods for 40 <laughs> years ago and like 80 years ago. <laughs> Tell me I'm not cool and current. <laughs> I dare you. Oh my God. This is, this is a rough trajectory. We recorded an episode last, like a couple days ago where I was turning into a Karen. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about this turn of events lately. This is rough. You know what it started when I it started with the hiking, I think. You know what I mean? Like oh, uh, yeah, that changed your personality a little bit. I think maybe. I think maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ariel, how have you been? What's going on? Creepy neighbor stories, dude in the wall, any any updates from the wildest <laughs> part of the PNW? Oh, I don't know. Portland is weird. I feel like there's got to be something more strange than my neighborhood, but you know, I you don't know. know about that. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually do have an update. I'm so glad of we're course. recording today. We almost recorded earlier in the week, uh -huh. but because we recorded today, I can tell you about the weird phone call I got this morning. <laughs> what? What happened? Okay. So just as a primer from anybody who's just like a brand new listener of More Deadly and you don't know the history, oh, God. I have an upstairs neighbor <laughs> right now who has a lady visitor a couple of times a week. Oh, I thought he had moved out. So he he is not. still there. He okay. is still there. So, and so Poppy is loud. still there. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. They're very loud. <laughs> uh-huh. The woman is especially loud. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> and it's like very on a schedule i know when it's gonna happen now so okay that's good there's, there's that's something good. to that i suppose but anyways a new person moved on to the third floor so i'm on the first floor loud sex guy is on the second floor and then there's a new person who moved onto the third floor apartment and unfortunately the walls here are very thin 
And so I got a phone call from my building manager asking, she was like very sort of evasive at first. (laughs) And she was like, you're getting framed. So, no, no, no. Like, you know, the guy's just like, have you heard of uh, the one in one B over there? Woo, she's a freak. Look at oh her go. God, I didn't even think about that. Oh, yeah, I it's really a frame job. What was happening. But yep. basically, she was like, so we had somebody new move in and they've been hearing some strange noises. Oh, my God. And I was like, strange noises? Because I just, this has been going on for so long. Like, I just tune it out at this point. You know, Is it your tubal singing? Is that what they're complaining <laughs> I was trying to figure out like what strange noise she was talking about. But as she kept talking, you know, it's happening a couple of times a week. It's very odd, very vocal. I guess there's a woman making some noise. And like then I finally realized what she was talking about. She's like, we're just trying to confirm that this is happening before we do anything about it. Oh, no. She's going to have to go knock on his door and be like. so. Can you please keep your weird sex noises down? <laughs> oh, my God. So, okay, there is somebody who's having a worse week than you is what I'm hearing. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> have definitely you, a more awkward week. <laughs> have you seen, I'm, I'm just assuming you live in 1B, so 3B? No, I have no idea who this person is yet. So okay. I feel like I need kind to of stake them out because like they're, right, the other conversation. Half of, yes. they're the other half of the sex sandwich, right? Like, you guys just... <laughs> You know, like you need to have a conversation about your feelings, you know? Oh my God, Rachel. What? It's called a metaphor. I'm a writer. Okay. This is what I do for a living. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. We need to find out who is in 3B because I, yeah, we need to get eyes on him or them or her or they's or whatever the case yeah, may be. But we I need realized, to get eyes. Like, I realized that it's I've been conditioned to like accept this as normal because literally I wow. went through like 10 minutes of this conversation or something before it dawned on me what she was talking about. I was like, weird noise. Are you talking about the construction across the street? I mean, I guess he listens to his music kind of loud. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Oh my god it's like plato's sex noises you know what oh, I mean? <laughs> you're shit. like this is the only reality i've known <laughs> inside the cave of sex noises <laughs> oh lord anyway, okay so that's how my day started <laughs> I, okay well i would like to be kept <clears throat> abreast of this because i am deeply amused by it and i, I, I really appreciate happens. how you use your writing and journalism skills on this well podcast. you know they really come in handy. you know i i like to um you, you make a simile from time to time <laughs> similes make the smile <laughs> no but i think the next step because i love to give you a mission should yes. you choose to accept okay. it is you need to like stake out the mail area because we need to get eyes on 3b yeah, I need to know who they are for sure. Right? Because you could yes. have an ally, right? Maybe what you could do is exchange the texting numbers. And then when the activity happens, you could like, you, they could hit from above and you could hit from below and you could just like rhythmically harass and return. <laughs> what do you think? I think that that might work because, oh gosh, I'm kind of embarrassed to admit this, but my niece came over and spent the night. Uh-huh. And there weren't those particular noises happening, but something else very strange. I don't know what it was. It kind of sounded like he was bowling upstairs. I don't oh know. Oh my exactly god, he's dismembering a body. <laughs> <laughs> 
you always go to like the worst possible thing. But I feel I, like it could be worse than that. <laughs> but it was like it was like two o'clock in the morning, and I finally. Um, I hello. Finally, <laughs> <laughs> I finally like Mister heckled him and like good hit the ceiling. You're like dismember that body more quietly, please, sir. Yeah, right? Yes. Some please. of us are trying, trying to sleep for your crime. Holy shit. Yeah. Please. Wouldn't that be yeah. awful if it was like my childhood dream to solve a murder and one happened right above me and I heard it happening and it just, I didn't do anything yeah. about it. Yeah. It's like the worst version of Rear Window. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Downstairs Downstair ceiling. Downstairs ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> Downstair ceiling. <laughs> oh, that's like when you're like, it's like, I want Rear Window. And you're like, no, we have Rear Window at home and it's Downstairs ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> generic knockoff version. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> my stomach hurts. <laughs> yeah, but I yeah I think we got it. We got to find out who the, you need an ally in this. Okay. Because I feel like you could really exact some revenge. Yeah, or at the very least, have somebody to gossip with who's also right? going through this struggle. <laughs> yeah, think how isolated they feel all the way up on three B. <laughs> right. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, keep me posted. I'm definitely, definitely interested in hearing any developments that occur. Well, do. I also, it might also be a good idea, although I feel like the fact that they're complaining means they're not a PT Cruiser driver. Yeah. I hope not. I mean, because you'd think they would be, unless they're complaining because they weren't allowed in. And so that's revenge complaining. That's a possibility. Oh, that nobody let them into the yeah. bizarro sex cult. Well, yeah. I mean, like he's like, maybe the banging you heard was the 3B coming downstairs. Like, let me in. It's my turn. PT Cruisers unite. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll okay. see what happens. Okay. Keep me posted. All right. This is the right vibe for what we're going to be talking about today because we are talking about something pretty light and fun, I think. We're going to be reviewing a film called Sorry About the Demon by Emily Haggins. So, before we get into that, though, in case anybody is new around these parts, can you please break down our spoiler policy on More Deadly? So on More Deadly, <laughs> we eventually are going to spoil this whole movie. But first, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the director and the making of the movie. And then Rachel and I will share our non-spoiler thoughts, let you know whether you should check this one out. And then we'll get into all the spoilers, but we'll give you another warning before we do that. And you can watch this one on Shudder if you want to see it before we get into any of the spoiler mm -hmm. stuff. Awesome. Okay, great. So tell me about Emily. Okay, so Emily Haggins is an L.A.-based writer and director who grew up in Austin, Texas. And I did not know about her history, but she has a really interesting start to her filmmaking career. Mm -hmm. When she was growing up, she loved movies and writing. So her parents, who had no experience in film, they bought her a camcorder and they showed her that she could kind of write her own stories and film them and edit them together. And she got really excited about that. And so she may only be in her 30s now, but she's already had a very long and storied career because as a preteen, she wrote and directed her first feature length film. Mm -hmm. Pathogen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> At 12 years old, she made a zombie movie called Pathogen with her middle school friends as like the cast and crew. And it ended up getting a bunch of press and a documentary film called Zombie Girl the Movie was even made that chronicled the making of Pathogen, which is so cool. It's I need so to see that. cool. Yeah, we should maybe <gasps> we should do it as a 
that as a bonus episode. Yeah, that would be great. We okay, totally done. Do Let's do okay. it. <laughs> when she was 14, she went on to make her second feature-length film called The Retelling about a boy and his friend who discover a dark secret while visiting his ailing grandfather. Ooh, I don't know about this one. Then at 17, she wrote and directed her third feature called right. My Sucky Teen Romance. A little long in the tooth at 17. <laughs> this one is a horror comedy that satirized the popularity of the Twilight movies and books. And the cool thing about this is it was her first film to premiere at South by Southwest and it scored distribution right away from Dark Sky Films. And she paid for the entire thing with her savings. I read this article with like a review and an interview with her at the time that that movie came out. And the guy who wrote it was talking about how she showed up to this interview at a restaurant and her mom had dropped her off because she had spent all of her money making this film so she couldn't afford a car. So like her mom was driving her back and forth. <laughs> That's amazing though. Yeah. What must it be like to be so young and so sure of what you were meant to do? Right. Yeah. I am a little bit older than that. And I still don't know. <laughs> I still don't know. know. I'm still figuring it out. Yeah. And to be able to just work that hard on a passion and be that sure that it's exactly what you want to do, that you just throw all of your eggs into that basket and go forward. I think it's incredibly impressive. So then two years later, she made her fourth feature-length film. It was a dramedy called Grow Up, Tony Phillips. Now, a lot of filmmakers hone their craft in film school, but Emily just kept making movies and kind of learned as she went on the job. So next, she wrote and directed the segment Touch for Chiller's horror anthology, Chilling Visions, Five Senses of Fear. And then she made a teen heist movie called Coin Heist for Netflix. So she's moving That's on up. Amazing. That is amazing. After that, she went on to helm an episode of the VHS TV miniseries for Snapchat, which I didn't even realize was a thing. And I didn't either. No, I mean, mean, can you still track it down if it was Snapchat? Yeah, that's a good point. I have no idea, but I would love to see it. And then she also directed the cold open segment of the first Scare Package movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When I talked to the producer and, and director of Scare Package uh-huh. 2, he talked about how he like sought her out to work with. Yeah. Oh, that's mm-hmm. so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Scare Package was made by Paper Street Pictures and Shudder. And mm-hmm. they both teamed up with Emily a second time to make the movie we're going to be talking about today. Sorry about the demon. Yes, 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 yes. I don't know if you saw it when it came out but uh they also produced that the one that i i keep trying to get everybody to watch because it's just like so feel good which is blood relatives oh that's right i do need yep. to still watch that yeah that's like for when you're feeling crummy that's yeah. a very like light-hearted warm sort of cute all right story. well i'm about to watch skinamarink tonight probably so i might need to put that on afterwards i've heard <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that thing is is so divisive. I know. That I'm I'm divided on it. A part of me is just like I'm deeply curious, but also I'm like I have so little time. I know. I know. It's like do I really want to watch something if it's that terrible? But some people are saying it's the scariest thing they've ever like seen. Like Jody really loves yeah, I mean, here's the thing is Jody see, I, I trust. Mean, I, right. I got to watch something if people think it's that scary. Mhm. All right. Well, I'm going to I'm going to get your second opinion. You got to let me know. Okay. I will. Yeah. I will. <laughs> All right, so Sorry About the Demon is a horror comedy, 
And Emily has said that she loves those in interviews. She's talked about this a lot, that it's really her favorite genre to work in. Some of her favorite horror comedy influences include Sam Raimi, Edgar Wright, Peter Jackson, and Wes Craven, all of which I approve of. Those are great. (laughs) (laughs) Those are really good influences. Yeah, you could do a lot worse. (laughs) So Sorry About the Demon was actually filmed during the height of the pandemic before everyone qualified to get vaccines. So they sort of had to get creative with filming. They needed to create a COVID bubble. So the entire cast and crew ended up staying in a Holiday Inn in Toronto. Whoa. And this Holiday Inn had a giant atrium. And so they actually filmed basically the entire movie inside this atrium. It was completely self-contained. So they had to Wait, build. What? Yes. <laughs> so obviously not the exteriors of the house because this is sort of a haunted house movie, but the interiors of the house, they built all of those sets inside this Holiday Inn atrium. Wait Include- a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> is this the same atrium where they did the rat mustache? <gasps> Or oh the my VHS gosh, stuff. I wonder, yes, because that was the remember, deal, wasn't it? Yes, yes. And, and it, it was, was a VHS thing too. Yes, it mm-hmm. was VHS. It was Chloe Akuno's film. VHS ninety four. That's yes. Great. She did something similar where they built a set inside an atrium. Was this shot in Canada? Yeah, Toronto. Dude, this is totally the, the same, same hotel. Oh man, if we ever get to interview Chloe Okuno again, we need to ask her about it. Or freaking Emily Haggins. Yes. Like, is yes. this the same one? <laughs> <laughs> is there this one holiday in that just got a ton of business during the pandemic? <laughs> I mean, it sounds like maybe it was a place where they were like creating... Otherwise, it's weird, right? That it one, happened twice two. in different places. That would be it's got to be the same one, right? As you were saying it, I was like, deja vu. It did sound a little familiar when I was doing the <laughs> research but i couldn't pinpoint what it was (laughs) that's crazy okay sorry no no that's fascinating okay so they built all of these sets inside this atrium and they had to build the basement even but with like a space underneath it so kind of on stilts i guess because of some of the effects that they wanted to use that were in those basement scenes yeah that is crazy i thought for sure they shot on location in a house it seemed like it didn't it (laughs) I mean, uh, here's the thing is that means she had a budget. <laughs> if you can make a set look that much like an actual house, yeah. you have a budget. And really good set decorators, too. Yeah. All oh, right, shit. So, I know. I know. So Emily has said that when she was writing the script, she was actually watching a lot of Great British Bake Off, one of our favorites. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that is pure serotonin TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So that is why the main character in this film is obsessed with baking cakes. <laughs> oh, that makes perfect sense. I like the goofy cakes, though. Me too. <laughs> she was also, as a kid, told by her parents that if she took care of her teeth and didn't have any issues that came up, they wouldn't make her go to the dentist. And so she's always been super worried about cavities and plaque because of that. And so she started to kind of form this idea that plaque could sort of create a horrible substance that was linked to hell. Oh, my and God. That's how the idea oh of this film first God. started. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm fascinated you know by what? the way creative people's brains work. You, know? you never know where the muse <laughs> <Right>? will strike. <laughs> that's incredible oh my god i mean it is a very strange plot point but now it makes sense yes exactly (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i love it all right so now that we've giggled a little about this movie yes 
I am going to get into something a little bit more serious that oh, no. um, she talked about in a number of different interviews. She brought up several different times how rough the film industry can be on mm. women. Especially 17-year-old women. Yes, exactly. This is a little bit long, but I think it's important to get like the whole picture. Go for it. So in an interview with GrimoireofHorror.com, she said, When I was about 18 years old, it dawned on me that I didn't look like some of my director colleagues. There was one meeting I went to where I looked for a seat in the lobby to wait, and I was the only woman there. And none of the men would scoot over to let me have a seat. I stood for a while until I forced myself onto the edge of a couch that one guy was taking over. And I thought I was being rude. I felt like that was a bit of a metaphor at the time, trying to squeeze myself into a room full of men that didn't seem to have an interest in making room. Ugh. Fuck. So she said that because of experiences like this, she always tries to hire women in crew positions and in roles behind the camera, like producers, writers, etc. And she's talked about being tired of this still being a problem. So she shoots Mm -hmm. for at least 50% representation in all of her films now. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. I mean, that's the thing, right? She's someone who's always been kind of extraordinary. Yeah. And what that means is she's alone in the room. And I think that there's some fear in the when you're that person that like if if somebody else gets in the room, will that push you out of it? Sounds like that is she's actually had the opposite response. Yeah. So that's so awesome because like that's how we make progress, right? We lift each other up. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so that's inspiring. I just wanted because she talked about wanting to shoot for fifty percent representation. I just kind of wanted to put the numbers out there, like what they really are. So. According to San Diego State University's Center for the Study of Women in Television and Film, the percentage of women working as directors, writers, producers, executive producers, editors, and cinematographers increased a scant seven percentage points from 17% in 1998 to 24% in 2022. Ooh, not even double digits. Good God. Get it together. Yeah. I'm wondering if it's changing at all in the last few years or if, if we're just like, we're so hyper-focused that it's like the, what is it, like the yellow bug thing where you get a yellow bug and then you see them everywhere? Yeah. Like, so unfortunately, 2022's number is actually down 1% from the <gasps> Really? Yeah. I wonder, yeah, I, I mean, maybe it's in other genres. It's like, yeah, fuck. So by role, women comprised 18% of directors, 19% of writers, 25% of executive producers, 31% of producers, of editors and only 7% of cinematographers last year. And you probably won't find this shocking, but (laughs) films with at least one woman director employed substantially more women in other key behind the scenes Mm. roles than Mm -hmm. films with exclusively male directors. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure they all have their, this is what a feminist looks like (laughs) t-shirts on. Probably. While while it while hiring no women yeah. or like one yeah. woman and they're like, oh, pat myself on. Look at me. <laughs> Look at me being the change I want to see in the world. I am. There's one yeah. vagina in the building. I think I just wanted to point out the exact numbers because I think because we do this podcast where we're focused solely on women identified directors, it's easy to think that things have changed in big, huge ways because it, we have noticed some change, right? Yeah. Yeah. But overall, not so much. Ugh, yeah. That's disappointing. That's disappointing. 
So in an interview that she did with Tribeza.com, she said, quote, industry peers have told me I look at you and I don't see a director, but there's no real look of what a director is. They have said that when I show up to a meeting for the first time. It's amazing what people feel like they can say, maybe because they're not aware of the situation or how hard it is to just be seen and heard. That's so shitty. Yeah. On her website, she even highlights different women directors, including Chelsea Stardust, who you guys will remember as the director of Satanic Panic, which I thought was a really nice way to shout out different women directors. Yeah, absolutely. We've been known to enjoy that kind of behavior. (laughs) (laughs) You don't say. So Sorry About the Demon debuted on Shudder on January 19th. That's where you can watch it. And as for what she is working on next, apparently she's in the process of making a Christmas-themed horror movie. Hell yes. (laughs) Yes. Christmas is coming early or maybe on time, (laughs) depending on when it's released. We got to get her on the show when that comes out. Yeah. I'm hell-bent. I tried, but we'll make it happen. Yeah. Next time. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that was great. I mean, it just, once again, shows you all of these women directors are just incredibly fascinating. And, and you know, not a monolith. Their stories are so different, how they came to it. Like we just talked to Bess Wool and like she came to filmmaking very late because she was in theater and, you know, it's just everybody has a different story, but they're all so incredible. Like that's the through line is they're just all so incredible. And uh, yeah, I find them. And just the fact that she was making her third feature film while I was like, I don't know, cutting high school and like smoking weed while watching horror movies in a front of right, exactly. All right. So let's get into our thoughts about this movie. We're going to keep it spoiler free, just sort of high level. What did you think? I'll go first since you, you yeah, know, I'm sure your voice it. probably could use a break. So this movie is so light and so fun. It's silly. It's has low stakes in the way that I love the most because it's just like a feel good watch. Yeah. So much of what we watch is so heavy and I love it. I love it. I love like deep thematic explorations of drama and grief and motherhood and body horror and (laughs) aging. But sometimes you just want to like have a giggle. And this reminded me in terms of its tone. Do you remember the era of USA, which was like the blue skies era? Oh my God. Yes, Rachel. I loved blue sky. Me too. And this monk. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Oh my God. (laughs) When I think about the end of monk, I always want to cry. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) But even the villains in this are not that villainous and everything's going to be okay. And people are complicated, but in like the lightest, most charming way. This felt like a, like a hug of a movie. I think the lead actor John Michael Simpson is the perfect lovable loser <laughs> he sure is yeah he does such a good he's job. a loser but in a way that is not off-putting mm-hmm. like you're just like oh he's so misguided but yeah. his heart is good <laughs> and I think you know sometimes we get into like very cynical places when with, with horror and that's great that's something we need to explore but there is another lane where i think this falls into which is more feel goody that's why I, earlier when i was saying the thing about blood relatives it's kind of like this like totally mm-hmm. it's very light very funny gotcha it could be darker you know like there's a version of this movie that's incredibly dark and messed up but because the tone of this is is so light, it never kind of goes to that place. I think his comedic timing was really good. I definitely giggled several times throughout this movie. 
And I I found myself thinking, if I had seen this movie as a kid, I would have been obsessed with it. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes. It's totally perfect gateway horror. Right. You would have felt the same way about like House 2 or something. Yes. 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 This is this is the 2023 House (laughs) 2. That's a perfect that is a perfect comparison because it's silly and light and with just enough horror elements that like my baby horror fan would have been titillated Mm -hmm. by it. Yeah. How about you? What did you Yeah, think? I mean, I largely felt the same way. So I watched this movie on a day that had kind of gone badly and I was having sort of a crummy day. Oh, and, no. But this is such a sort of cozy, funny little movie. It was really exactly what I needed to kind of lift my spirits because if I had watched something really dark and hard, it probably would have, you know, it oh, wouldn't yeah. have gone over well. This was exactly yeah. what I needed to kind of like lift my spirits. And in that opening scene, I wasn't positive about the tone or the mm-hmm. acting or the comedy, right. like whether it would quite hit. Yeah. But then as the movie kept going, I was totally on board for all of it. And yeah. I ended up, like you were saying, I really liked the main character guy. Yeah. I thought he was very charming. Yeah. And I liked his girlfriend too. Even his friend who's kind of a nag, I ended up liking yeah. him by the end. Right. <laughs> um, I thought all of the plot lines about his hobbies and the sort of comedy that happens yeah. around all of his hobbies was really fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, at times that comedy goes a little broad or maybe a little bit corny. Yeah. But it's so kind of endearing and enjoyable that I I didn't really mind that much. Right. Yet, I agree. You know? I agree. Mm-hmm. There's silly moments like where he's singing in the mirror that didn't totally work. But then there were other really funny parts that just had me and i think that bewitched font by the way too was like really yeah. great and very yeah i think it really kind of clued me into what kind of tone we were going mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. so i don't know i ended up having a lot of fun with it oh i'm so glad i'm so glad yeah absolutely all right so those are our general thoughts if that sounds like your kind of vibe right now if you're in the mood for something a little light and breezy and silly and fun then pop on sorry about the demon kick back pop some popcorn, have a good time. It's going to make you want to eat cake. So keep that in (laughs) mind as well well if you want to get some snacks. Um, Give it it a look. All right. So now we're going to get into the spoiler zone because I'm going to give you the synopsis. It's not super, super spoilery, but like why spoil it for yourself, right? Right. (laughs) So go ahead and grab your phone, hit the old pause button, pop it in your pocket, go for a walk, go to shutter, whatever you want to do. All right, we're getting into the spoiler zone. I'm vamping, girl. I'm vamping. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I'm always like, ah, look at my phone. Yeah. No, I know just, and now it's like swelling it out on my hand. I turn into all three of the stooges. You know what I mean? Like at the same time. Yeah. So I like to give people a chance to GTFO. All right. So here is our synopsis. The Sellers family finally has their dream home. There's just one problem, and his name is Diomonius the Demon. Uh, and he decides to go ahead and possess their youngest child, Grace. They don't like this, so, surprise, surprise, they make <laughs> a deal with the demon that if they bring him another sacrifice, another body to possess, that they'll give back the kid. Enter Will. <laughs> so, <Poor> Will, <laughs> he's this very sweet, nice dum dum who <laughs> is very serious <laughs> about his career as a like a helpline for a very apparently disgusting tasting toothpaste. Um, a salty toothpaste. <laughs> a salty toothpaste. Although, you know, the first time 
have you ever used baking soda toothpaste yeah it is a little salty well you like stockholm into it eventually but if you stop using it and then you like come back to it you're like oh right this tastes like a tube of salty ass that's right i forgot and then but then eventually you just forget about it again anyway so will in addition to being a very nice dum-dum also has some commitment issues to hobbies to his jobs to his partner and of course she does the right thing and gives him the boot and so now he needs to find a new place to, to go and wouldn't you know it there's this great deal on this house where he can stay the only problem is he's not living there alone because the house is freaking full of ghosts and they at first try to scare him away and it doesn't really work he decides to go ahead and stay and things but things really escalate when his ex-girlfriend comes over and they seemingly are ready to reconcile but old demonius is total party <laughs> he's like such a party pooper he moves on in and by in i mean into the girlfriend so it's up to uh will with the help of his friends including one lady that just so happens to be an exorcist and like <laughs> ghost whisperer of some kind <laughs> yes so with their help along with the sellers and the ghosts in the house they are able to defeat demonius or do they dun, 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 dun. <laughs> that's it that yes. is sorry about the demon <laughs> all right ariel now you can talk about whatever you want to talk about so let's get into this review what did you think in more specific terms about sorry about the demon all right well again just about will <laughs> I, <laughs> I really liked him and i think the funny thing is that even when he's being an ass in the beginning yeah i still found him likable yeah even when he's ignoring his girlfriend so that he can finish his like call even though they're having this big <laughs> you know discussion about the future yeah. of their relationship and he keeps ignoring her for this call like i couldn't help but still like him his personality yeah. and kind of natural charisma just really carries, I feel like, big sections of this movie, especially when it's just him and the ghosts, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are goofy stretches where he's just like walking around the house, ignoring phenomenon. Yes. But he's, yeah, I mean, like, it's absurd and it would never happen in real life. But that's where I go back to this idea of it totally matching those blue skies era. Like, yeah. Sean and Gus would not have a viable business, okay? They could not rent actual commercial <laughs> space in Santa Barbara. Like, the police department is not hiring them. It's silly. It's absurd. Nobody acts like real people. But you suspend disbelief because of the tone. Right. Yeah. And I, yeah, exactly. and I think Will I mean, pulls that off. Yeah, even the, the premise of, like, a kid being possessed and then his fam <laughs> her family making a deal with a demon. Like, leave her a little girl because we'll provide you with a substitute. Like, it's ridiculous, but it also works in the context of this movie and also sort of feels like something rich people might do. You know what I mean? Like, it's not that far-fetched. But yeah. I really also, like I said before, I loved all the jokes about his hobbies. I think it's so funny that he gets annoyed that the ghost is playing the piano better than he is. <laughs> I think <You're> right. <laughs> the, the messages left on cakes, even yeah. the cops coming and they're like, hey, dude, don't call us again. This is ridiculous. But also thanks for the cake because he sends them home <laughs> slices of cake. Yeah. <laughs> you see uh, yarn and like paintings and cakes and stuff in the background of almost every scene because he's yeah. doing all these crafts all the time. <laughs> it's just it's so when it when they're looking for what. OK, so there's a point at the end where they need to find something that the demon made. 
right and all pulling out different things that they think the demon could have made and it's like pottery and paintings and like various <laughs> things and the girlfriend has to keep saying nope that's him nope will made <laughs> so funny. Yep. <laughs> i just oh oh my gosh okay one of my favorite bits in this movie i know now i'm just like listing all the jokes that's but okay like, <laughs> that's okay but there is this bit where will goes to his ex-girlfriend's house and he's about to smash her window i think and then she comes up with a date and yeah <laughs> and they have this back and forth while he's trying to kind of cover for the fact that he was about to smash her window and yeah. they're sort of talking and he's like well i'm gonna go back to the normal night i was having before you two made it weird <laughs> like, oh, yeah. it's so funny it's so right. funny and it's funny, I think, in large part, like his, the, the line is funny, but it's also his delivery. Oh, like, yes. He has this kind of quirky character. Mm -hmm. The choices he's making in this are very fun and goofy in a way that I really responded well to. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I feel like this just made me feel kind of good while I watched it. It was yeah. so relaxing. And I I don't know that I realized how much I got <laughs> <laughs> like I needed to just turn off and not like super emotionally engage and just right. kind of have an enjoyable experience mm -hmm. and that is exactly the ex like the, what I had what I got out of the viewing of this it makes me very excited to see more of her work because I'll be honest like I've been familiar with Emily for a very long time yeah. I have not actually seen her films Except yeah. for scare, you know, the cold opening of of Scare Package, of which is pretty yeah. fun and and weird, and I recommend it. I, I recommend that whole movie to be honest. Mm -hmm. But but yeah, I I think that she has a really light comedic tone, at least in this. Like if this is representative of what she does, I mean, it's true of Scare Package as well. I think she has a real she has a real good voice for horror comedy most of the stuff that we cover is pretty heavy and like really kind of talking about female experience and the traumas around that oftentimes like it's true i think of comedy in general that women are not necessarily considered in that space yeah. so to see her kind of thriving in that space is very exciting to me i would love to see her do more of this yeah, me too, because I feel like we don't get enough horror comedies, and I love this trend Period. of more women yeah. doing horror comedies, especially. Mm -hmm. I think that's really exciting. So, yeah. yeah, I'd be very curious to see what else she has to do. You know, there's this there's this through line in this movie about how, like you were saying, Will has trouble with commitment to just mm -hmm. about everything in his life, yeah. and there's this kind of misunderstanding between him and his girlfriend about... The fact that he didn't show up for her when she needed him to. And he didn't because he was embarrassed about like his own career and didn't feel like he was good enough for her and blah, blah, blah. There are all these reasons. And it kind of but of course, he doesn't share that because he's like a dumb dumb, you know. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> and then he has all of these different hobbies that he kind of picks up and puts down. Mm -hmm. And so I know that the pro that there's a problem in that, that they're trying to get out with him starting things and then abandoning them. But I get tired sometimes of this idea that you always have to like strive for success and promotions yeah. at work and that yeah. you can't just have a job that you do for the money and then love the stuff you do in your free time and put most of your energy into that. Right. And that you can have hobbies and many of them that you don't have to monetize. Like you don't even have to be good at right. them. They just have to bring right. joy. 
And so I was a little bit worried in this movie that that's the path they were taking, that he would need to become this like corporate dude in order to have his girlfriend love and respect him. But that's not where this went. And in fact, at the end, he's still doing his cake hobbies and stuff. You know, they show him still doing his thing and being him. It's just that he needed to show up better in the relationship, you know? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's like it shows you how insidious just sort of like capitalism. Yes, exactly. (laughs) You're right. Like it should be a hustle. Everything you love needs to also be a hustle. Yeah. And yeah. to be honest, like if you want to afford anything, it does have I to know. be a hustle. I know. <laughs> it's so sick and twisted. But you're right. The thing that he makes him a lovable loser is that he is not absolutely committed to like the capitalist rat race. Right. Exactly. Like he's sort of okay doing this customer service job. He doesn't seem to hate it or mind it. And he has right. all this time. Like he's making cakes and painting and stuff while he's on the phone. It allows him the time to do the things that he loves. And so I liked that the movie didn't push it in that direction and instead just kind of allowed him to be this weirdo with a ton of hobbies that he likes. Yeah, I mean, it's also like a good reflection on the female character as well, right? Her issues with him are about commitment. And she looks at these like they're evidence of that. But there's not a like you and your stupid hobby. Like there's not a dismissal of the hobbies. It's a dismissal of the fact that that same pattern carries over into the treatment of her. Right. And I think you're right. You're on to something I think important with this idea that the relationship is back on track when he's committed to the relationship, not when he's become a different person who is like put away the frivolous things that give him joy. I love that. And they're still happy together and he's still doing his hobbies. It's just that he is now a committed person in this relationship. And that's what made the difference. And I like that part of it. <laughs> I mean, and I also love his relationship with the ghosts at the uh, end. Yes. They it's have so silly. Of- <laughs> but it's like, it's like, it is like house two, right? Because at yes. the end of house two, he's living in the house with all the ghosts and the, t- right. and the baby the pterodactyl and the, yeah. <laughs> the dog a pillar. And yes. <laughs> oh my God. You're so right. No wonder I liked this movie. It's freaking house two. <laughs> Which is an excellent movie, and I will not hear any anyone impugn its reputation. Yes. It's so good. You will not accept it. Um, <laughs> I also loved the exterior of this house. It's a weird mm. bright red brick, but yeah. I actually really liked it. It's a very quirky looking house. Yeah. I mean, at least maybe not so much on the East Coast or something. I don't know. But I feel like us West Coasters are not used to architecture like that. No. I can't get over the fact that that's a set. Right. It's it looks crazy. so it looks good. So lived in too. Yes, that's amazing. Man, people, the craftsmanship that goes into making films like that's so invisible. Oftentimes, we're focused on performances and shot selection and uh, color palettes and yeah. all those kinds of things. But there is so much that is in our faces and yet completely invisible in terms of the craftsmanship that goes into filmmaking. That mm-hmm. is so impressive and cool. I yeah. love it. I love talking about movies and I, I love know. you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you too. And I really liked second Amy, the ghost exorcist lady. Yes, too. yes second Amy's great. <laughs> She's great. I feel like at the end of the movie, it, it does the thing that I love the most. Mm-hmm. And it uh, is when like somebody who's like kind of alone ends up with a family, a yeah. chosen, strange, odd bodkin family. I mean, I know it's just like a feel good kind of thing, but it just works for me. I like that. I agree. I love that. I love that so much when you get all the kind of 
weirdos together as a uh-huh. family. <laughs> I mean, I think the it's whole so dynamic nice. with with Amy, t- with the second Amy, yeah. too, like that. It's like a date, but it's not really going anywhere. But she doesn't we- get weirded out by. It. She's just like, all right, we're friend zoning this, and then like right. they just Let's move, move on forward. To the ghost stuff, <laughs> and it doesn't become like a weird triangle with the first no, Amy. None of that no. kind of stuff is happening. They're just like, okay, we're now friends. We're just a friend group now. Yeah. Let me exercise you or your girlfriend or whatever. Yeah, and she's such she's such a fun little weirdo too. It's it's yeah. full of odd bodkins which is another dynamic that i like when it's just like you know what it is characters welcome yeah <laughs> <laughs> i didn't even realize oh i was God. going there but uh <laughs> exhibit b <laughs> yeah so i just i think overall some of the jokes or the acting is a little imperfect at times yeah. and it may not be groundbreaking but i just thought it was very entertaining and yeah. it was nice i loved movies like housebound and extraordinary yes. those are two yes. of my absolute favorite yes. horror comedies and i feel like this is getting close to that level like it's really a similar yeah tone you know yeah yeah i agree i agree all right any other last thoughts before we wrap it up no i think that's it would you recommend sorry about the demon i would definitely recommend it especially if you're having a crummy day watch mm-hmm. this movie yeah yeah yeah, I second that entirely. If someone came to me and was like, do you have something to sort of like light and easy breezy? Sorry about the demon. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Or my nephew wants to get into horror. What could I watch that's on Shutter that won't traumatize yeah. them? <laughs> Sorry about True. the demon. It's True. a good time for uh, for grownups and kids. Like, Because I think, I mean, there's implied sex, I guess, but there's no love scene. So no. it's pretty, pretty, I think pretty, it's pretty PG. Tame. Yeah, I think you could show this to a kid without it being like, yeah. <laughs> awkward. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Okay, great. So for those of you at home, if you maybe you have some thoughts about this movie. Did we miss something? Is there something else in this vein that we should check out? Uh, are you a big Haggins head and you would love to see us talk more about that? Whatever the case may be. You can always drop us a line at rachel at zombiegirls.com. That's G-R-R-L-Z dot com. Or you can come chat with us over on the Zombie Girls Facebook page or slide into the DMs at ZG Podcasts. And that's ZG Podcasts with an S. Did you like that? I did. I didn't do the plural. Yes. I didn't do the plural. <laughs> I learned. I learned. But then I needed I needed validation, so I uh-huh. had to point it out. <laughs> Just in case somebody missed Witness it. Witness me. <laughs> uh, if you like the show do us a huge favor and review us on apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods i'm just gonna all right i'm just gonna keep it real with you people i really want to get the podcast <laughs> rotten tomatoes verified and the yes. criteria to do that is that you have to have i think it's like 200 views okay. with an average four stars or above so here's the thing <laughs> <laughs> I really, really want you all to go where you as on. on. And I, what I will do, and we have not talked about this, Ariel. Okay. But we're going to send, a sh- we're going to randomly select someone. I'm going to look at starting th- this date, anything after February 2nd when we're recording this. Anybody who who does one goes into a drawing. If you do it during the month of February, one of you, at least one of you will get a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and idea. I will pay for it out of my own pocket or maybe out of the Patreon. I, Patreon, I don't know. I got to look at the balance. But we really, really need to get those reviews. It'd be so incredible to be able to be Rotten Tomatoes verified. I mean, not that I need the validation of Rotten Tomatoes, but it would be good for the show. It would mean a lot to us. So if you have been thinking about it and haven't gotten around to it recently, 
now is the time head over to apple Podcasts, give us a nice rating and review and like i said i will pick a winner to get a (laughs) t-shirt and if you're the only one who does it guaranteed t-shirt there you go i'm saying that's all i'm saying with the new logo exactly so head to apple podcast and leave us a review or if you're on spotify or wherever it is you can review us there but can you please don't have okay thanks um If you're looking for something spooky to watch tonight because you've already watched Sorry About the Demon, check out our video on demand and streaming calendar at zombiegirls.com. We keep track of all the spookiest doings on the internet um, so that you always know what you can check out when you're in the mood for a spooky, spooky movie. If you want to support us another way, there's always buying that merch. You could get a free shirt or you could buy a shirt or a notebook or a mug or whatever the case may be at zombiegirls.com forward slash merch and then of course we've got a patreon you can always sign up for our patreon at patreon.com forward slash zombiegirls you'll get extended episodes you'll get bonus episodes you'll get this this long promised but we're going to get it on the calendar uh ask ariel anything (laughs) which by the way yes you should send in questions for Oh God! <laughs> so this is the official call for listeners to send in questions oh for Ariel. I know is a there... couple of our patrons on Discord who may abuse that privilege, Rachel. Yeah, I'm. Well, you know, what I'm thinking. I'm thinking Doug. Doug. Oh, oh Doug. he's gonna. Yeah, I think he's gonna have some questions. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing Eddie will have a question for you. I'm trying to think who are like our most I feel like likely Eddie will best. Be nice, right, Eddie? You like me? Be nice. Of course he will. Be, of course he will. I mean, like I think Cat will troll. Cat will one hundred percent troll. And then yes. obviously me, Larry, and Justin will troll. I mean, we'll be very <laughs> kind and supportive. I'm trying to think who else we think in the patrons will will send in a message. Um. Yeah. Well, hope surprise me. Surprise me. So join our Patreon. Lots of good stuff. We've been doing a lot of the zombie bites, which are a ton of fun. You, we do them live. They stay on there so you can watch them at, at your leisure. But you can also, you know, watch along live and send in comments and questions and all that good stuff. Yeah, but um, it's fun because we were doing videos of stuff that's new. So Rachel did yes. one about every horror movie she saw at the Sundance Film Festival. And then yep. she and Larry just did one on Infinity Pool and their thoughts yes. of that crazy movie. So yes, Justin and I did one for the premiere episode of The Last of Us, and we're going to do one for the mid-season. So I think it might be two weeks, because I think, yeah, in two weeks we'll be doing that. So yeah, we've got a lot of these fun zombie bites coming up. They're super quick, they're timely, and they're, we're having a lot of fun doing them. So we hope you like them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, it's but, always nice when the work you're doing is enjoyed by people. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, it's never stopped me before, but it'd be nice <laughs> if they liked it. <laughs> All right. So that just leaves our plan for the next episode. And it's going to be pretty exciting if I don't say so myself. What are we doing on the next episode, Miss Ariel? All right, so for our next episode, we have a very exciting returning guest. We have yes! Andrew from Friday the 13th is yes! coming back. And we are going to be reviewing Blood Games, directed by Tanya Rosenberg. So Rachel and I have never seen this. Apparently, he wants to talk about it. So we're pretty excited because the poster looks pretty rad. I've never crazy. even 
heard of me this. neither and i thought like i mean i would have argued that i've heard of most women yeah, directed horror films 1990 i feel like that's a sweet spot for us i feel like we should have known but i've never even heard of it so apparently it is about when an all-girl baseball team beats a group of rowdy rednecks from a small town they soon find themselves the prey in a deadly bounty hunt what so yeah <laughs> Oh my god. It's like the the world's what is that like the most deadliest game meets like of their own? <laughs> I mean, I hope so. That would be kind of great. Oh my god, that sounds awesome. You know it's going to be like what does 90s exploitation look like, I wonder. Yeah. I don't know, but I'm excited. He was a blast the last time he was yeah, on the Revenge, so I think this is going to be really fun. Yeah, he is so sweet, so charming, so smart. I'm so excited he's coming back. Yeah. It's like, you're going to slum it with us again? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm really looking forward to that. So everybody, get your eyeballs on Blood Games. And good news, it is on Tubi. Woohoo. Love Tubi. So it is free. It's free put on that ad blocker. Um <laughs> Or don't, or don't. Um, so everybody go to Tubi, check out Blood Games. This poster is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it really I is. am. <laughs> Except for one of the ladies looks like Suzanne Summers. I know it's oh my not God, her. She kind of does. You're right. Right? I'm like, is she going to hunt the people or is she going to sell me a thigh master? I don't know. I don't know, but I'm thinking we might get some women beating up some dudes with baseball bats and i'm Dude, all here for that so look at the eyebrow game on this lady with the spiral <laughs> perm my goodness that is a strong brow and i am into it yeah oh my god this is gonna be so much fun i'm so excited <laughs> all right unless people are sticking around for the extended episode that is it for us today so ariel take us out all right. Thanks for listening to another episode of the More Deadly Podcast. All right, I hope you enjoyed this episode where Rachel and I were a little silly and <laughs> reviewing the movie Sorry About the Demon, which is also a little silly. Yeah. If you haven't watched it and you got through this whole episode, do yourself a favor and have a cozy night in with it. And we'll be back next time with Andrew from Friday the 13th. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Thanks to everyone for listening. And thanks to my co-host, Ariel, who's always willing to come on here and geek out about horror with me. And finally, thanks to the women who make the horror films we love so much. Production of this episode was done by yours truly. Editing was done by Ariel Missman Rucker. And our theme song, More Deadly, was by Elizabeth Kyle and Eric Neal. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the extended episode. Ariel. You didn't do it. What am I supposed to do? More deadly after dark. Oh, shit. Okay, sorry. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Remix. <laughs> More deadly after dark. There you go. Make it sound as skinamax as possible. That's I Rachel mean, I we love. usually record this on like a, what, like a Thursday? Or no, no, not a Thursday. What day we record it on Thursday. <laughs> oh, but we're a week behind. <laughs> I was like, we it usually feels... record a little earlier in the evening as well. That might okay, because be I am punchy. Yeah. I'm rapidly approaching. Oh, no, no, hold on. <laughs> uh, I'm rapidly approaching. 15 hours of day <laughs> so my brain is out Fried. one of my ears <laughs> no, no no but that's it's fine i'm having i feel good i'm having a good time i've just reached the absolute punchy level so yes. who knows it's gonna come out of my mouth <laughs> at this point <laughs>
Your oh. guards are down. All oh, the are they're gone. Evaporated. <laughs> Good lord, we're in danger. All right. And Rachel doesn't have many guardrails to begin with, I I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I mean, I have them until somebody laughs at one of my jokes, and then I'm All just like chasing that drag. I was like, must make <laughs> laugh, must make laugh. <laughs> Oh my God. I was recently on a, a different, like a new podcast I had not been on before. And I was like, I got to laugh early. And I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, now I know everything's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, what nothing freaks me out more than silence. Yeah. Like, when you tell a joke and it just falls flat, oh, yeah. torment, torment of the highest order. Like, if I were, if, if I, if a demon were to take me to hell, like that would, whatever the ring of hell is, nobody laughs at your jokes. That's the one for me. Yeah. 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 Plus, I always worry, especially if my joke is like teasing somebody that I don't know oh, super well. Because yeah. then I have the internal struggle of like, oh God, did I offend them? Did I yeah. say something mean? Was that too mm -hmm. harsh? Do they it, hate me now? And my problem is, it's like in my family, like we're all just like wire yep. monkeys, you know, but mm -hmm. the way that we show affection is teasing. <laughs> yeah. Like that's, that's it. Like we don't, we're not like huggy, lovey, say nice thing. I, I'm kind of like that with my friends, but I think because I'm gotten in love growing up, oh but, um, <laughs> but like that. So to me, teasing feels like a hug. <laughs> Yeah, but no, not everybody I, feels I, I totally that, get that. I, I came from a family where of people like open and expressing their love a lot. But yeah. my dad and my younger brother, like teasing is kind of the way that we interact a lot. So I'm yeah. very used to feeling like loved and known. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, if like, somebody knows how to tease me in the right way, then I feel like they know me as a person. Yeah. I mean, you tease me all the time and I'm just yeah. like, and I love it I, <laughs> because it feels, it feels like family interaction. You know what I mean? Like my, like my family interactions are just like roasts. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite thing too is like teasing Matilda. Yeah. Yeah. Because she is so sweet and so yeah. like level headed and stuff that I, sometimes I'm like, oh no, I went too far. But no, then I'll it. just slowly start hearing her cracking up in the background. And she'll be like, I love you, Ariel. And I'm yeah. like, yes. Well, she also knows that you would never be unkind. You know what I, I mean? mean? I like, not. yeah. No, of course she knows that. <laughs> of course she knows that. But I remember like for it took a little while for Larry to like figure out. And and I, I had to be careful at first because I oh, think I uh -huh. hurt his feelings a couple times early on. Oh, and I was okay. like, gotcha, gotcha. but the thing is, is like it was me being like, I love you. Yeah. Like the, you're my person that I love and I want to teach easy and razzia <laughs> like that's that is to me like that is the, how you interact and show you like like yeah, someone well, plus i feel like you and larry have a, well like now we're good sister, little brother <laughs> yeah <energy. laughs> yeah no we're good now yeah <laughs> yeah he i mean i could tell no problem teasing you guys <laughs> Like He's such Larry a butt. <laughs> I know, and then and then saying I was mean. He's such a gaslighter. It was uh, yeah. so funny. I could not love that person more. I, <laughs> even he's a brat. <laughs> Which is why on his birthday, I was like, I just want to remind you, you're getting old. <laughs> <laughs> he deserved that. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> All right, let's get into our extended episode. So obviously, we're talking about diamonds. Diamonds. Yes. So I wanted to figure out, I found a quiz that will tell you the name of your demon. Oh, okay. Do you want to find out the name of your demon? Yes, very much so. <laughs> okay. 